Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Valley Creek Church. Wherever location or campus you may be at, can we just give each other a warm welcome? We are so glad that you are here with us today. So my name is Cordell Robinson, and I get to kick off a brand new series today we're calling Back Porch Conversations. Now, I don't know about you, but I love my back porch during these summer months. I mean, you give me a glass of iced tea, my golden retriever, and of course my ceiling fan because it's Texas, and I'm in my happy place. But you add good food and good friends to the mix, and what do you have? You have a recipe for great conversations. Yes? So that's just a little taste of what we hope you experience during this series. We want it to be personal and relevant. You see, each speaker will be sharing something that's near and dear to them, something that's heavy on their heart, something that they're burdened by, something that you normally only share with friends on your back porch. <laughs> so are you ready for that? Let's get comfortable. Let's you and I have a back porch conversation. Can we do that? So here's mine. Now, this is literally what keeps me up at night. So I can trust this with you, right? We're among friends, correct? So here it goes. Getting old stinks, okay? <laughs> Getting old stinks. Yes, my waistline, my hairline are moving in opposite directions and I don't like it. The older I get, the earlier it gets late, and I don't like it. <laughs> see, I can't hear, I can't see like I used to, and I can't remember what I can't see or hear like I used to. Yeah, somebody once said, you're only as old as you feel. Well, I feel old, <laughs> and I don't like it. Can I get a witness here? <laughs> Seriously, can we have a frank conversation about what it means to grow old in Jesus? I mean, let's be honest. None of us are getting any younger, no matter what your age is, right? So how can we age in such a way that honors the ageless one? So when Jesus was very young, Dr. Luke, one of his biographers, described his development in this way. It's found in Luke chapter two, verse 40. And I find this fascinating. It says, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. I love that. Jesus grew in strength and wisdom. We all want that, right? But then it says, he did so in such a way that he attracted the grace, the favor, the blessing of God. That's what I want in my life. So how can we grow old gracefully? For me, the answer is simple. The key to growing old 
is living new. The key to growing old is living new. Have you ever noticed how Jesus is into new? He brings new teaching with a new authority. He ushers in a new covenant so that we can live by a new commandment. He gives us a new heart, a new spirit, so we can say no to the old self and yes to the new self. Jesus is all into new. Therefore, the key to growing old gracefully is living the new that Jesus brings. You see, today in our back porch conversation, what I'd like to do is share three practical applications of how you and I can live new. The first one is this. Embrace the new within you. Embrace the new within you. If I were Dr. Seuss, I might say it this way. Embrace the new that is already you. (laughs) You see, what Paul describes is the new you within you in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You know this verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. In Christ, we are all new creations. We have a completely new identity. But too often, we forget that new, and we start playing those old tapes, don't we? And we lose sight of the new. Well, I'm here to tell you, you are not a sinner. You are not a reject. You are not a loser. You are not a failure. You are holy, royal, chosen, and special. The old is gone. The new is here. So if that's true, why do we keep clinging on to the old? You see, back when I was in seminary, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, it was a long time ago. The way I worked my way through school was by being a part of a paint crew. I even had the uniform. That was my identity. You know those white paint pants? But I was so cheap that I only bought one pair of pants that lasted all four years. Can you imagine what those pants looked like toward the end? I mean, they were just covered with paint stains. My friends would tease me that we didn't need to carry color samples around. You just point to the pan. Oh, there's barn red. There's forest green. (laughs) But then when I approached graduation, my friends begged me to get rid of those paint-stained pants. Why? because that was no longer who I was. You see, Jesus was doing a new thing in me in a new season, and that was no longer my identity. It was time to get rid of those old garments. You see, the very same thing happened to Lazarus. You remember Lazarus, he's the one that got sick and Jesus didn't get there in time. His sisters were not too happy about that. But then what does Jesus do? He crashes Lazarus' funeral. The nerve of him. 
It's found in John 11, verse 39. Jesus shows up and says, take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Four days, Lord, four stinking days. There's not enough breeze in the world to cover that stench. Martha was so worried about the smell of the old that she missed the fragrance of the new, the new thing Jesus was doing. Could this be true of you and me? Do we cling to the old and miss our very own resurrection? Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. You see, Jesus does for Lazarus what none of us can do for ourselves. He brings new out of the old. Then Jesus focused next on Lazarus' wardrobe, which is a great word for all of us. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Lazarus was wearing the clothes of a corpse. He was a mummy, a zombie. And Jesus took one look at him and said, Lazarus, that wardrobe just won't do. And I love what he says next. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. You see, grave clothes belong on corpses, but grave clothes do not belong on new creations. It's time that we get rid of the grave clothes. So let me ask you, what grave clothes might you be wearing today? What remnants of your former self are you clinging to? Is it your pride? Is it self-loathing? Is it lust? Is it anger? Whatever it is, Jesus has a word for you. Take off those grave clothes. They do not belong on you anymore. Let's embrace the new that is already you. My second application for growing old gracefully is this. See the new right in front of you. Not only the new within you, but the new right in front of you. Have you ever wondered where old comes from? That sounds like an old person joke, doesn't it? No, seriously. Old finds its origin in the Garden of Edom. It was that one bite of the apple that bit all of us. Romans 8.20 describes it like this. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. Basically, he's saying human sin put us in prison. He goes on, but now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay. I want you to catch that phrase, slavery to decay. 
That's the prison that all of us find ourselves in as a result of the fall. You see, this is why it stinks to get old. This is why your joints ache and your teeth yellow and your skin wrinkles and your eyes squint and your hair recedes all before eight o'clock in the morning. (laughs) It's true, right? Because we all suffer from slavery to decay. But here's the good news. Jesus came to restore what Satan came to steal. Revelation 21.4 tells us, he, Jesus, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain or insert decay. For the old order of things has passed away. The old order is gone. Freedom has taken its place. Yes, but isn't that just talking about when I die, when I go to heaven, that future state someday out there? Surely it doesn't affect my world of trifocals and hearing aids, right? Or does it? (laughs) You see, I think we get so focused on future heaven that we miss the present reality right in front of us. We miss what Jesus is trying to do today. Look at the very next verse, Revelation 21.5. It says, he, Jesus, who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. You notice it doesn't say, I will make everything new. No, it's, I'm making everything new, present tense. See, Jesus is changing attitudes and outlooks today. Jesus is healing broken marriages today. Jesus is filling empty bank accounts today. Jesus is taking dire situations and turning them into dreams come true. Today. Because that is who he is and that is what he does. The question is, Do we see it? It's right there in front of us. In 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the Apostle Paul makes this amazing declaration about Jesus. He says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. That's you and me. The last Adam, that is Jesus, a life-giving spirit. See, that's who Jesus is. He's a life-giving spirit today. The sooner we see this new right in front of us, that he's a life-giving spirit, the more we can grow old gracefully. About a month ago, my wife, Christy, and I met two of our grandchildren, the two that live closest to us, just for a quick uh, play date before Thursday evening service. And Reed, the older one, who's seven, was off playing soccer. So it gave us time to just 
have one-on-one time with little Leighton, our only granddaughter, who's two and a half years old. And she's just cute as a button. She comes running up to us, gives us a big hug. And so what do we do? We do what every grandparent is known to do. I take one hand, Christy takes the other. We're walking to the playground and we just start swinging her like this, ever so carefree, ever so much fun. And yet we get to a little embankment and Papa C lifts a little bit too hard and a little bit too high and I dislocate her elbow. Oh, I know it. Papa C, how did you let that happen on your watch? It's that slavery to decay. (laughs) From carefree play to painful crisis like that. Well, her mom came and took Leighton to the emergency room. Christy uh, took Reed with her, went to watch him, and I came to Thursday night service, which was not a good idea. You see, we were in the middle of the disappointment series, the disappointed series, and all I could think about, the big D on my chest, I was disappointed in me. I felt like a loser, right? Well, when church was over, I raced over to Layton's house to see how she was doing. On the way, I got in touch with Christy and she informed me that the doctor was able to put the elbow back into place, but he warned that she'll be in a lot of pain, that she'll be tender and listless for several days. So when I walked into their house, I was tiptoeing, wondering if she would look at me with that evil eye, you know, like, how could you let this happen? But Jesus had something else in mind. You see, I looked at her and there was nothing tender or listless about her. She was glued to the TV. It was playing her favorite Disney movie, Moana. And then her favorite Disney song comes uh, across the air. How far I'll go. See the line where the sky meets the sea. It calls me. (laughs) And there she lifts her injured hand and does a perfect pirouette. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Jesus healed our baby girl right there, right then, because that's who he is, and that's what he does. What was lost in Adam was restored in Jesus. Leighton got her elbow back and her joy back, and Papa C got his faith back and his identity back. Now, I know that Jesus doesn't always heal like that. That's one of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But I know this, that in every situation, every situation that you and I face, Jesus always brings a life-giving spirit. And he comes through with new right in front of us. So what is it? that you need him to restore today. Here's what I'm saying in this back porch conversation. The key to growing old is living new. 
We're not to grin and bear it, waiting for some pie-in-the-sky future. No, we're to embrace the new within us today. We're to see the new right in front of us today. And here's the third thing I'd like to share with you. We need to invest in the new behind you. I'm talking here about the new generation, the next generation that's emerging right behind us. When we pour our lives into our children and students, our ceiling becomes their floor. See, for this past year, I've had the privilege of being a part of what we call VCLA, Valley Creek Leadership Academy. And for those of you who don't know, this is simply a nine-month program of 18 through 24-year-old kingdom leaders who just want to press hard into God. And this past year, I got a ringside seat and got to witness 13 students who just went for it. And it was so fun to see how they learned who they are, who God is, and what they were created to do. It was a sight to behold how God changed each and every one of them. But can I let you in on a little secret? Please don't tell them. It might go to their head. God changed me as much as he changed them. See, he birthed a youthful spirit in this old body of mine. How? By me hanging around these young students? No, I can't even spell millennial. (laughs) By me reinventing myself with skinny jeans and spiked hair? Aren't you glad the answer is no? (laughs) No, he did it by helping me get in touch with my purpose. Psalm 103.5, I believe, captures it well. The psalmist says, You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. So do you want to supercharge your life? Just invest in the new generation coming up behind you. Nothing satisfies like finding your purpose. Nothing satisfies like finding your purpose. My purpose is to connect students to the Father heart of God. That's why God made me. That's how God wired me. And when I fulfill that calling, that's when I feel most alive. What about you? Have you lost your drive and your purpose? Then find a child or a student and invest in them. It may be your son or daughter. It may be a grandson or granddaughter, a niece or nephew. Maybe somebody you haven't even met yet in kids ministry or hub ministry. Whoever it is, just pour yourself into them. I promise it will change you. It will So let me tie a bow on this back porch conversation. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this, that getting old doesn't have to stink. Getting old 
can be the greatest adventure of our lives if we simply learn to live new. But let's be real. What about those hard days when old gets the best of us, when we're overwhelmed by that slavery to decay? What do we do then? Well, perhaps we could all learn from the example of Peter. Jesus was just finishing up a conversation he was having with the, um, the young, rich ruler. You remember that conversation? He said, go and sell everything you own and give to the poor. Now, why was Jesus saying that? Because he saw a rock in this man's heart, an idol in his soul that was keeping him from true faith. It was good teaching, but for whatever reason, this just spun Peter up. I mean, it hit a raw nerve inside of him. He questioned his faith. He even questioned his sanity. And you know, Peter, he can't keep anything in. He just blurts it out, right? And this is what he said, Matthew 19, 27. We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? In other words, Jesus, if you're asking this guy to hold nothing back, if you're asking this guy to put all of his chips in the middle of the table, then who are we, chopped liver? We've left everything for you. Jesus, please tell us we're not crazy. Please tell us, Jesus, it's worth saying no to old in order to live new with you. Please tell us. Don't you just love Peter? Peter says on the outside what all of us are thinking on the inside. But notice Jesus' answer. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't reprimand him. He just points him to a greater reality. He says this, truly, I tell you, Peter, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, that's where Jesus sits today, you who have followed me, he's talking about the disciples, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. But then Jesus extends the audience to you and me. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields or anything else for my sake will receive a hundred times as much. And here's the bonus round and will inherit eternal life. Is it worth it when you're tired and lonely? Yes. Is it worth it when you're worn out from all the bruises and the battering that life throws at us? Yes. A hundred times, yes. Because Jesus is renewing all things. Picture it this way. Every day, every single day, you and I carry around an old, dirty knapsack. It's old and torn and stained and it's stinky. It stinks because it's full of grave clothes. 
These could be health issues, broken relationships, past missteps. They're all the things that were lost or taken from you and me as a result of the fall. It may be cancer, it may be a miscarriage, it may be bankruptcy, it may be a job loss. Whatever it is in your knapsack, let me tell you, it has the stench of death about it. And it needs to go because that is not who you are. That is not who I am. Now imagine Jesus standing right in front of you today. And he's extending an invitation. He wants to exchange your knapsack for a beautiful treasure chest. This treasure chest is beyond magnificent. It is solid gold. It cannot perish, spoil, or fade. And it's got your name engraved in it. And when you open your new beautiful chest, you discover that he has replaced everything that you've lost with everything that he is making new. Imagine every wrong becomes right. Every hurt becomes healed. Every sorrow is redeemed because Jesus makes everything new. Is it worth it? You better believe it's worth it. A hundred times over. And that promise is not for someday. That promise is for today. It's real, and it's true, and it's yours, and it's mine. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me on my back porch. You know, I told you earlier that our goal in this series is to be personal and relevant. Well, it's been very personal relevant for me. I hope it's been personal and relevant for you. Here's my challenge, Valley Creek Church, for all of us. Let's not just grow old together. Let's live new together, shall we? So will you bow your head And close your eyes. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? What grave clothes is he inviting you to discard and take off? Because it doesn't belong. What is your next step? Is it perhaps to to find your your current real identity to put off all those old tapes? Is it to find the current reality that Jesus wants to be a life-giving spirit in everything you face? Or is he perhaps nudging you to invest in the next generation? Whatever it is, I encourage you to say yes to his invitation. Because that's 
when you're fully alive. So thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are making everything new. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's worth it every day to follow you. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us everything we need to grow old gracefully. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and who you've made us to be. We want to live new. We pray all of this in Jesus' name.